Good evening and welcome into another edition of the Jungle Juice Podcast. Sam Gormley and Mick Nelson with you. Mick, how's it going? I'm going, going pretty good here, Sam. How about yourself? Yeah, not not too bad. Busy, but hey, what what more can you expect this time of year, right? It's uh oh. it, I, I, <laughs> what I just hate though is it's not we're saying, hey, we're busy because the Bengals are playing in the playoffs on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Instead, we get to dive all the way into the offseason, which will be a whole lot of fun. Um, we got a lot of shows planned for these next couple of weeks, but still, it, it, I guess it can kind of have some pros to it. I know that I heard somebody ask the question to Zach Taylor saying, hey, is it a good thing because now your guys get more rest? And is that extra month of rest maybe actually going to be a blessing in disguise? Because the last two seasons, they've pretty much had less uh, a month less than a lot of teams. And does that mean anything? I, I don't know. But still, it is disappointing as a whole. No playoffs to the Cincinnati Bengals this year. See, I think it's kind of a good thing just because it's kind of a wake-up call, I think, for the franchise or for, you know, this coaching staff, this team, just because, uh, you know, they've been riding such highs the past two years. And I think this season was a brutal reminder of where you know you can go from one season to the next even with the same personnel the same coaching staff um there's so much parallel in the league or parallel parity in the league where um you know you're seeing teams go from worse to in the playoffs the texans are uh, are a prime example of that um well, I know so, yeah. that there's a stat that Lance McAllister shares every single year that I think it's something crazy, like 30 straight years, the NFL has had at least four different teams in the playoffs every single season. It's something wild like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it shows it to your point. There is a whole lot of parity in the NFL. Yeah, a whole lot of parity. And just, uh, you know, it's, you know, with the salary cap, you know, you, you can take, uh, you, you could, you could turn around a team fairly quickly. Like, you, you take baseball for example i mean the reds have just kind of been in the basement for most of our lifetimes and it takes a long time for them to uh, to kind of build up a roster because it takes so much longer to develop players and and all that stuff so um you know i think this season serves as a good wake-up call um obviously you're getting better draft positions so you might be getting um more top end talent than you have the past two years. I don't know how much of a difference that really makes, but I, I would assume it makes a little bit of a difference at least. So, um, and then, yeah, just giving them time to retool, maybe sit, you know, take a step back and, and look at things and, uh, you know, and vastly improve in 2024. Coming up on the show today, we are going to talk about some of the news from the week because uh, there have been a couple of news headlines. We'll talk about that. Uh, We are going to dive into our season awards. We've got some to give away because I know that there is nothing more that, I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals roster is probably sitting there watching right now, Mick, waiting to hear their, their name be called tonight. I mean, we're right up there with the NFL honors as far as, you know, who the Bengals MVP is in our realm. I'm sure, you know, players like Jamar Chase and Trey Hendrickson and and Jake Browning and so on are just sitting there. They're waiting to hear their name called today. So we welcome you, gentlemen, and we'll have those a little bit. And then uh, I want to talk about an interesting article posted today by Paul Daner Jr. from The Athletic. Uh, He went through and he did one thought on all 61 Bengals that appeared in the game this season. So what Mick and I are going to do is we're also going to give our thoughts on all 61 Bengals from Joe Bocci (laughs) to... Nick Scott, 
to Jonah Williams, you know, and everyone in between. We'll have some interesting discussion on that as well. Um, it's going to be fun to drop that because we all know that Mick loves himself some Nick Scott and some Zach Carter. Yep. Uh, we want to make sure we thank our buddy Josh Isles over at WDN today. Make sure to follow his Facebook page. Follow us on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter as well, or X or whatever we're calling it now. Uh, Jungle Juice Pod and all of the different ways. And then we're also on all of your favorite podcasting platforms to be able to go back and re-listen to the show that way. But Mick, how about some news from the week? And I think the biggest news from the week was that the Cincinnati Bengals ended the season with a 9-8 and record with an old-fashioned butt-kicking of the Cleveland Browns to win the boo, the Battle of Ohio, 31-14. to I enjoyed going to Paycor Stadium without any stress, and it was kind of nice just to be able to sit back and watch a the coldest preseason game in Bengals history. Yeah, I, it was a good game. Um for the Bengals it wasn't a good game overall. Uh, that, you know, it was like the equivalent of like you know an NFL team bringing in like a little kid team to to come and just play against them and have a really good uh, have a really good experience. They let the you know the little kid team you know score some touchdowns and look really good you know just to make them feel good. Uh, I kind of equivocated this win to that. Um, still, they played pretty well. Jake had a pretty good game throwing the ball. Uh, Mixon uh, earned himself, uh, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars in uh, in you know season target bonuses. So, uh, congrats to Joe Mixon on that front. Um, yeah, that's about all the thoughts I have on the game. Yeah, I, I think that's really all the thoughts that we can have. I don't know. I mean, you got to see some younger guys. I mean, Yoshi had two touchdowns. You saw a little bit out of Charlie Jones. You saw a little bit out of Chase Brown. Jordan Battle mm-hmm. had his first career interception. That's kind of really what I was wanting to see the most of is see some of these rookies get more uh, playing time and do something with it. And I think you saw from every one of the rookies that really mattered, uh, I think you saw something from them that haven't played quite as much like your guys like Yoshi and your guys like uh, Charlie Jones and heck even Jordan battle, you know, comes away with a big, big interception. But I think really that's the main takeaways from the game. And I think another big takeaway is, is, and we can kind of joke about this, but nobody got hurt. The last thing you yeah. would have wanted is, is Jamar chase tears ACL. Yeah. You know, in that game meaningless. And then he's missing a majority portion or even a guy like T I know T Higgins didn't play or somebody who's up for free agency, even a, you know, an underrated, like a, a Keem Davis Gaither. You know, who, who might have hurt himself or something and, and missed some time in free agency or lost money because of it. That, to me, is, is the biggest takeaway from that game. That mm-hmm. game also brought the Bengals are now picking 18th in the NFL draft. Does that matter to you? Uh, other than the fact they kind of Marvin lewis it. Um, they didn't kind of. Yeah. They absolutely Marvin they, lewis They Marvin lewis <laughs> this. They Marvin Lewis this season, which I've talked about on previous podcasts. I didn't really want to see them do, but, you know, I'm not going to complain too much about watching the team win and have some success with Jake Brown again. So, you know, we, you know, we watched competitive football, you know, well through, well through the season up until the last week of the game. So, or the last week of the season. So can't complain too much about that. Yeah. I think we all went in with, with very little expectations. The 18th pick of the draft. I, I mean, it's, you know, you're middle of the road. You can still, Get some really good guys. I know I've been, you know, doing some mock drafts of my own and 
reading a lot of mock drafts. And I mean, if the Bengals, you know, you're looking at big needs, this will be something we'll talk a lot about over these next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Offensive tackle, you know, could potentially be in there. And you've got kind of a nice little sweet spot of offensive tackles kind of in that mid range picks. Yep. Uh, in that realm that could drop. You've got some wide receivers in there. You've got a potential defensive lineman in there. You've got some edge rushers. It'll be really interesting for us to dive through in these next couple of weeks uh, when talking about that. I know one of the big conversation topics for us even last week was coaching staff turnover and whether there would be any. Right now, as of recording this on Wednesday, January the 10th, that at least 7.09 Central Time. I know it's 8.09 your time, Mick, from the future. Uh, there's been no changes. Yep. But Brian Callahan, Bengals offensive coordinator, has been requested to be interviewed as of right now by the Panthers, Chargers, and Titans. So those are the, the main stories there. Whereas that could then cause a ripple effect of multiple realms. Yeah. Um, I mean... I think Brian Callahan's probably going to get one of these jobs. I think he's more than earned it, um, especially given you know how the offense has played after Joe Burrow got hurt, and you know, and, and they've looked pretty decent in all of their games that Jake Browning played, other than the two Steelers games. That might be more of a, you know, that that might be more to saying how good the Steelers' defense is compared to the other opponents. You know, they played against decent defenses. The Colts have a good defense. Uh, The Jaguars were decent at times this year. Um, Vikings. Vikings were, uh, Vikings are okay. Um, You know, and the Browns, best defense in the league, torched them. Um, (laughs) I think the Browns set an NFL record for most offsides or neutral zone infractions. Yeah, we got, yeah, there were, too like many. seven? So many. I think I, I counted at least five. It, I think it might have been like six or seven, though. Um, but yeah. So I, I think Brian is probably getting a head coaching job this year, and he definitely deserves it. I'd love to see him get the Chargers job because I think he could do uh, a lot with uh, the talent that they have. Um, and to me, he'd be a guy that I think a Chargers would almost want. You know, yeah. you probably want a offensive-minded head coach who has experience working with an elite-level quarterback. Mm-hmm. Check, check. Uh, I, I think that he would be an attractive guy. To me, I think the Chargers, you know, I think the name that everybody keeps talking for them is Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so I when they strike out on him, yeah, I, I think they'll they'll go down to that next level. But, I mean, if you're a Chargers fan... Do you want Kellen Moore? Or do you want Brian Callahan? Um, who? Yeah, I think I, I want mean, Brian Callahan. I, yeah, I mean, I'd want Brian Callahan. And and, and let's uh, let's speak to this fact. This isn't the only uh, elite quarterback that Brian Callahan has worked with as a coach. I mean, he's worked with presumably, Some or you know, Peyton, you know, right? yeah, What's he's his name? worked Peyton with Manning? One, yeah, that guy. One of who? The, only, only one of the best quarterbacks to ever play uh, in the history of football. Uh, and then also worked with Matthew Stafford for a few years with the Lions. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he is more than deserved this shot. Um, you know, obviously he's been around coaching his entire life with uh, with where his dad's been, you know, coached throughout the years. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I think he's probably gone. Uh, and like you said, it's going to cause a ripple effect. Uh, I think the most presumed uh, 
route if that happens as Dan Pitcher gets elevated to um gets elevated to offensive coordinator and Crackthorpe just gets elevated to being the quarterback's coach and then you go and find an assistant quarterback's coach. So um I think that uh I think that's what would end up happening. Uh but that's probably the only turnover we're gonna see. I know a lot of us uh thought Frank Pollock was going to be gone after uh after Sunday just given uh, how the offensive line um, even though it did look better than in previous years, I still think it was a pretty big disappointment. Um, given how much money they've spent, and you know, you got another, you got a second year of Cordell Volsing. You're supposed to see that one to two year jump, and and in some weeks you kind of did see that. But you know, he had such a rough start to the beginning of the season that um, I, it really cost them at times, and then. I don't know. You saw, I think, a little bit of a regression in Alex Kappa. Nothing too crazy. And then Jonah was okay at right tackle. I'm not going to... I don't think he was great. A lot of people... Uh, you know, I've heard Rapine say, James Rapine say, you know, that Jonah looks like a, a very decent quality starting right tackle. I, I think he was serviceable. I, maybe slightly better than the way that Lyle Collins played last year, but... Um, I don't know. I, I was well, expecting let's, better. Let's come back to Jonah here when we do go through our thoughts on every single player here a little bit later on. I think that that would be good too because I think that that's a big thought on all of our players with that as well because I think he he's he might even be more of an interesting candidate than T as far as free agencies to discuss of what the Bengals do with him and what he wants to do with him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I agree. I think the Chargers is the most uh, obvious if Brian Callahan could have his pick, I don't know that I really want any part of the Panthers. Uh, and then the Titans, you at least have a young quarterback. You've got a solid defense. It's just that the offense, you know, you're losing Derrick Henry. And, and then the question around all of everything else is, you know, what weapons do you have on offense? You know, you've got 75 year old DeAndre Hopkins. Is he coming back? That's where I'd be a little hesitant on that realm. But still, I think it'll be interesting to see what he could do. Uh, but I agree that it'll be, you know, if he leaves, Dan Pitcher is the new offensive coordinator. And mm-hmm. if for some reason Dan Pitcher follows Brian Callahan, which I don't really know why he would do, because what? why wouldn't you just want to be the offensive coordinator for the Bengals instead of being his offensive coordinator? But if he does, I think Troy Walters, who's the wide receivers coach, who interviewed to be the offensive coordinator for the tight, Texans, he very well could be slotted up into that uh, offensive or coordinator position. Or Crackthorpe could be, could be elevated to that as well. So. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or Frank Pollock, maybe. <laughs> That'll get him if out from only, coaching the offensive only. line, right? If only that would happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how that shakes out. So, And then uh, the other big news of the week, Ted Karras won the Man of the Year fan vote, mm-hmm. which uh, was conducted there by Nationwide. So he gets $35,000 to be donated to the village of Marucci which is a really good organization that he's been working with, giving uh, people with disabilities a place to live. I hope Ted wins the award is all. He seems like he is just a genuine good person. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's done a stand-up job with, uh, with, his, uh, with his charitable endeavors uh, in, in how much he's done for the house of Marisi or Marici. Um and yeah, you know, great job by the Bengals fan base for mobilizing and, and giving him the fan vote. I feel like that's going to weigh 
heavily into the overall wards discussion. Um, and yeah, he's just been a, a really exemplary player on and off the field uh, that the Bengals have signed. Um, so yeah, congrats to Tad. Uh, definitely uh, deserves. Uh, <laughs> Listen, Mark, I, this body is like a uh, it's a temple. <laughs> I don't know that I can put on quite a since he had tattoo. I'm I'm um, too scared to get a tattoo. Yeah, um, I'm not afraid of needles, but I I I don't necessarily like needles. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind getting the shot. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I but it's like I'm fine with like the like we're good, we're done. But I I don't mm-hmm. know how I'd feel about just like like I'm I'm I don't know. I might just not be man enough for that. Nah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But uh, but yeah. Uh, again, congrats to Ted Karras uh, on on uh, what he's doing off the field. It's great. Absolutely. For our season awards, let's jump into these because I think we we can have some interesting discussions with this. And what we've done is we've come up with a list of, oh, I don't know, about eight to ten awards that we're going to be giving out for the team this season. And Mick, let's just start at the top and go with our Bengals MVP for the year 2023, I'll let you pick first to open up because I think there are a couple of different ways that you could go for, with this. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with Jamar Chase as the uh, MVP of the team this year. Um, in a year where we haven't seen uh, as much consistency on the offense as we would have liked, you know, we've seen. Joe Burrow have some inconsistent games, albeit uh, that was pretty much due to his calf injury. Uh, we've seen T have some, you know, pretty bad games this year, um, you know, and not looking as consistent as he's looked the past two to three years. Um, Jamar has been that consistent player that's uh, more, way more often than not has produced no matter who's been at the quarterback position. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Jamar Chase here. Uh, the numbers haven't been as good as uh, as his past two seasons. And I guess they might have been better than last year. Uh, I don't know if they were as good as his rookie year and then his touchdown numbers have been down. But uh, I just think he's been the most consistent player uh, and also has given the most sound bite, the best sound bites in the media this year. <laughs> yeah, there's no question about that. Since you said Jamar, I'll go a different way because I think that there's two candidates in my eyes. I think it's Jamar Chase, and then the other one is Trey Hendrickson. Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, he played at a defensive player of the year level. He's not going to win it because he doesn't necessarily have all of the sexy numbers other than just sacks. Like he doesn't necessarily come away with the. (laughs) Correct. Uh, But his pass rush, he's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And the Bengals, you know, found him in free agency. And I always love reading Saints fans because Saints fans, the more and more he plays, the angrier and angrier they get that he's not a Saint right now. Which, and I just realized most of that reason is that the Saints decided that they wanted to pay literally everybody in the NFL. And their salary cap was pretty much the Bengals is, you could probably combine four years of the Bengals salary cap and it would never come close to what the Saints is, it feels like. But uh, to me, I'll go Trey Hendrickson just because I think he is turning more and more into the true game wrecker on that defensive line. But uh, there's nothing wrong with Jamar as being your MVP. I think I think those, to me, are the top two candidates for MVP for the Bengals this season. Yeah. 
Uh, offensive player of the year. So I guess for you, Mick, this would probably be the same person as your. Yeah, I'm not going to go too much into this. It's uh, again Jamar Chase. Yeah, I think I think you said it. Mine, uh, Irv Smith. <laughs> yeah. I. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I think that I, you know, you're going to have to agree with it being Jamar as being the offensive player of the year. He, he was, he was fantastic for the Bengals this season, still had some ups and downs, but I mean, you think about a couple of those games like Arizona, and then you had, uh, I guess it was Colts or uh, Jacksonville as well. Some of those big games that he's had this season. Uh, I think about the long touchdown against, it was the Texans, right? Where he had the play that Burrow rolled out and hit him deep. He is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He's just continuing to move, make himself one of those. He's my offensive player of the year. For me, my defensive player of the year to continue in that trend, Nick, is going to be the same guy, Trey Hendrickson. And I would probably assume he'd be the same for you, but do you have a different way for it? So I have like a co-defensive player of the year, uh, Trey okay. Hendrickson, for all the right we- reasons. He's been a top-end uh, edge rusher this year. Um, has definitely Nick Scott? Put the- no. Zach uh, Carter? No. No. Uh, Trey has definitely put the defense on his back at times and has closed out games. He's been a really great pass rusher. He broke the single season sack record. Um, yeah, he's had he's had a wonderful season. Uh, but I'm going to do a co-defensive MVP here uh, because for all of the wrong reasons, I am going to throw DJ Reader in this category as well. Um, DJ Reader was pretty on par for what we're used to seeing from him, which is top end nose tackle, defensive tackle play. Um, but what I mean by all the wrong reasons is that um, I think when he left, you know, and he got it, he was injured for the rest of the year after the Vikings game or during the Vikings game, uh, the defense just, in my opinion, completely fell apart. Um, you watched Mason Rudolph. Just absolutely in Najee Harris and company just <laughs> torched the Bengals defense. I still can't um, believe that happened. Yeah, yeah, that was Mason that was Rudolph. Fun. Yeah, uh, so you watched that happen, um, and then obviously the Chiefs game—they didn't give up as many points, but they were just constantly giving up yardage, and and they made Pacheco look like uh, Derrick Henry. Which I'm not saying Pacheco's not that good; he, he's a really good running back. But uh, they just made Pacheco look like uh, like a world beater. So I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I'm going with co-defensive MVPs this year. Uh, Hendrickson and Reed. Yeah, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think that those are the top two candidates. Rookie of the year for the Bengals this season. I know, Mick, we were joking on Sunday about you had early on in the season a, a rough take about uh, your you saying that the Ravens were going to be a regression candidate. This is probably where I have to eat my crow because I don't know if you remember, we made our preseason rookie of the year picks. I went with Brad Robbins. So. <laughs> I was trying to pull a fast one. Shout out the, <laughs> to that guy that sits next to us. At the, not next to us. He sits a section over, but we can hear him. Uh, but he, he yells, Robbins, you suck, anytime he punts the ball. And it doesn't matter if he actually has a good punt or not. Uh, I think he could do a 99-yard NFL record punt, and he'd yeah. still be like Robinson. He'd be just screaming that. He's for the brand, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's uh, – yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Uh, but I think I said DJ Turner, so I'm kind of eating crow a little bit too. I mean, he's had some decent moments, but also has uh, had some, some – he's had some lows. Um, so 
I, I think for me, uh, there's a clear answer to this as being think, the rookie of the year, so and it's Jordan Battle. Yep. Uh, for one, he has played the most, I, I guess, other than DJ Turner, but he's done the most with it. I think Miles Murphy, you saw some spurts there late late in the season. Uh, we touched on DJ Turner. Uh, you have, what, Charlie Jones. You know, he had the punt return, but then he had the injury where he missed some time and kind of really hasn't been a major factor on the offensive side of the ball. Yoshivash, we've seen some of the flashes. Brad Robbins, we mentioned him. And DJ Ivy, he was playing really well, but he, yeah. he also tore his ACL. So I think that there's really only one answer, and it's it's, it's got to be Jordan Battle. Jordan Battle had a really good year this year. Um, I think I read somewhere, saw a graphic somewhere that this is a top five rookie safety season per PFF grades. Um, I saw that as well. Which is very impressive. Um, and yeah, I thought he looked great. Um, and I, I think he is probably going to be the replacement for Von Bell. Um, and it, uh, let's put this into perspective here. Uh, Sam, so Jordan Battle ranks seventieth in all safe of all safeties in total snaps played. He ranked twenty third in defensive stops. That's where um, you know if you get a stop on defense, uh, it's not necessarily a tackle because some tackles are you know really wins for the offense where um, you know they're either getting the first down or they're driving forward. Um, so Jordan Battle had 23 of those defensive stops where it was considered a failure for the for the offense uh, in those stops. To take that into context, Dax Hill had 24 defensive stops and played double the snaps. Um, yeah, I think Jordan did, Battle did had Nick a great Scott year. Did Scott have any? Uh, I didn't. Three. Not. It I doesn't feel like you may. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, but I think we both agree with Jordan Battle. Most improved Bengal this season. Uh, this is one you wanted to throw on there. So clearly there's a name you're thinking of because I'm still thinking there's a name that comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see if it's the same one for you. So I'll let you go first and see if it's the same name. Yeah, most improved Bengal. I'm going to go with Tanner Hudson, the tight end. Um, has... Okay, different way. Definitely became the uh, the most uh, reliable and consistent tight end on the roster this year. Obviously, we signed Irv Smith thinking he was going to do more than what he did, uh, and he did not uh, live up to those expectations. Obviously, lost all trust to the point where they just didn't play him. Uh, you've seen Sample play pretty well, as pretty good as well. I wonder if that's who you, is that who you're going with. I, I have two. Two, okay. two that really came to mind because uh, Drew Sample is on that list mm-hmm. because I think he had a really solid season and I think we, if we admit neither one of us had any expectations for him at all uh, we probably had more expectations for him than Tanner Hudson because I know I'll admit I had no idea who Tanner Hudson was prior to the preseason never heard of him Super Bowl uh, champion something like that yeah <laughs> had you honestly had you heard of Tanner Hudson prior to him being a Bengal uh, vaguely I've seen him. Uh, I think he's been on the practice squad last year. I think he was on it last year, maybe the year before as well. Um, I, don't I thought think he so. was, was he not? I don't think so. I'll give it a Google while you're talking. Um, but back to Tanner Hudson, um, definitely became the most reliable, most consistent tight end, uh, on the team, uh, was a perennial, you know, bench player, practice squad player, um, 
in years prior with the Bucks, and was he on the practice squad last year for the Bengals? They signed him December the 6th of last season. So, yes okay. and no. Okay. So, um, yeah, perennial bench player, perennial practice squad player, never really did much in the NFL. Is a Super Bowl champion, though. Um, yeah, I think that he uh, definitely looked like the most improved just because he kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Drew, Drew Sample for me is one. And then the other one I was going to say is Cam Taylor Britt. Um, and not saying that I, I think for more of just he's solidifying himself as a top-level corner in the NFL. And I think you saw some flashes of that last season, uh, especially late in the year. But he had high expectations coming into this year. And I think he, for the most part, met them, even with that injury. I, I So I think, uh, for me, he'd be, he'd be in that realm as well. As he's one of the first guys that came to mind when you mentioned most improved. Yeah. Biggest disappointment this season. Now, this can be a uh, player. This could be a moment. This could be a game. This could be really open to interpretation as far as this in my eyes, Mick. Uh, so I did a player, um, and this is going to sound like a cop-out answer, but it's Nick Scott. Uh, and it's crazy because my expectations of Nick Scott were low to begin the season. Um you know, we, he's always been known as a safety that's not very good in coverage and but decent in the run game uh, and can definitely excel in certain packages. Uh, but we got um, PFF's worst rated safety of 2023. Um, absolutely horrendous in the past game. Uh, I think his passer rating allowed is probably above 130. It might be even like 140, actually. Uh, which is just horrendous. Um, wasn't that, you know, X factor in the run game um, that we thought he definitely should have been. Um, so, yeah, big. It, it, yeah, I was expecting, like, mediocre to, like, below average safety play. And uh, at the beginning of the year, what we got was uh, absolute garbage. So, uh, Nick Scott, most disappointing player. Um, yeah. For me, I'll go offensive side of the ball, uh, and I'll go Irv Smith. I, for some reason, I convinced myself that Irv Smith, and I didn't think he was going to be a great tight end. I didn't even think he was going to be good. I'm not even sure I thought he could be average, but I definitely didn't think he would be, we're putting him as inactive a couple of games late in the season. Like that to me is is what uh, is why he might be the most disappointing because you saw flashes of guys that you know would come here on the one year deal. Now I know he's a different kind of tight end and he battled injuries, but the injuries were never really a factor. And he just all of a sudden I think will go down as my biggest disappointment this year. I know Frank asks what happened to Joseph Osai. Um, we're going to talk about that I think in in a few in a few minutes, but I it's interesting. I I I, I don't know what the answer is to that because. I mean, the man looked like, you know, the the greatest defensive tackle of or defensive end of all time in that preseason game against Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I don't really know what, what changed with it. Biggest storyline this year, Mick, and I think there's only one answer. Biggest storyline. I don't even think I wrote that one but, down. Is this biggest moment or best moment? Or is that no, this is biggest storyline. So this oh. is and, and to me, um, there's calf, calf injury. I was going to say injury. 
Joe Burrow yeah. injuries. Injuries I, really I, I think. across the board. I mean, there's yes. we got we got hit at a lot of crucial positions, and not to say every NFL team doesn't deal with injuries, but you know, if you look at the at this Bengals team compared to the past two, I think uh, other than the offensive line, which is crazy, it's uh, the past two years the offensive line got hurt and was completely decimated, uh, and but everywhere else remained pretty healthy. This year, the offensive line stayed together for all 17 games for the most part. But every other position got uh, got injured. You, obviously, the the Joe, the Joe Burrow calf injuries or calf injury in the uh, in the wrist ligament tear. T. Higgins was out for a decent amount of, of the year. Jamar Chase was out for a game. Um, Trey Hendrickson didn't miss a game, but obviously Sam Hubbard got, missed some games. Cam Taylor Brett missed some yep. games. Like uh, you know, there, there's a big list of guys that missed games. Cheeto, yep. I don't think was. I think he didn't really come back into his own, and he dealt with a back injury in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think injuries is is 100 uh, yep. percent the, the storyline. But I think specifically, it's got to go to Burrow because Burrow's a 275 million dollar man. Yeah, uh, best moment. Of the 2023 season, Mick. I'm going to go with the uh, Joe Burrow deep touchdown pass to Jamar Chase in the Arizona Cardinals game. Oh, that's, uh, a more, that's a good one. Yeah, more or less, just because when you saw it, I think you immediately thought uh, that Joe Burrow was back. Uh, that, mm, you know, he, he, he mitigated this calf injury as much as he could uh, for a solid two months. Uh, and you know, had a game against Arizona, which they're not the best uh, defense in the NFL by any means. Uh, obviously, we're one of the worst teams in the NFL, but uh, you, you kind of saw Joe Burrow return back to form, and then you saw him go on a pretty good run uh, up until the wrist ligament tear uh, against Baltimore. Yeah, I that's that's a good one. I was going to say the T. Higgins touchdown against the Vikings. That was a great play. I totally agree. I, Just, I that. Just because, you know, it ties the game. It's late in the game. You know, there's, what, 40 mm-hmm. seconds left. It was on fourth down, if my memory's right as well. I think just, just compounding that. At that point, they pretty much had to win to keep up this hope of playoffs actually potentially being a thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the best moment being that T. Higgins touchdown uh, because it was just a phenomenal play made by T. Higgins. Just yeah, unbelievable. I totally play. agree with that. Yeah. Let's go best game that the Bengals played this season. So this is just best all-around game that the Bengals play. This is not the actual like game itself, but this is just for the Bengals. Browns for me, week one. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say Titans. <laughs> Titans week four. <laughs> uh, I'll go first here, and and I'll say 49ers. I think yep. you know off the bye week, uh, in a playing a really good team, a team that very well could win the Super Bowl, wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me at all. Uh, you beat them and dominated them and i i think that you know they came out firing in that game uh, on the road at san francisco you know in that 425 window i know it's technically one o'clock out there but still you know you had more eyes Romo on to it. exactly televised game yeah and i agree i think that the 49ers and i think frank agrees do you agree mick um it is up there it is not my uh i i don't think it's their best game uh i'm gonna go with the win against the jaguars on monday night football um just because uh, after that first Jake Browning start against the Steelers, I think that everybody pretty much lost hope. I remember going into that game thinking, well, I'm just here to you know watch the team suck for three hours and 
you know, it is what it is. Uh, but they came out firing on all cylinders on offense. Uh, Jake Browning had one of the best games I think I've ever seen a Bengals quarterback play. Uh, you know, almost a 90% completion rate. Obviously had, uh, I think he had two, three touchdowns in that game. He had the deep ball to Jamar Chase. That was a great touchdown. Uh, and obviously it was on Monday Night Football, which was, uh, you know, it adds a little bit extra for me. Um, and I just think that, that the way the team responded just makes you, um, it, it leaves no question why Zach Taylor remains to be the head coach of the team and and uh, what he, what he's capable of doing, even when, uh, when adversity is being thrown at his face. Best game that the Bengals played in. So as far as just game that I, I, the way I kind of classify this, Mick, is average Joe NFL fan, the best game that the Bengals played in that they would have enjoyed the most. Uh, and and I, I, honestly, I think that two come to mind right off my off the bat. Um, number one is the one you just mentioned. Yeah. And number two is Vikings. Uh, I think I give the edge to the Jaguars game because it was, I mean, the Vikings game for the first three quarters was kind of a blowout. Yeah. No, it's what 17 to three, but that Jaguars game was back and forth the entire time. Uh, I mean, it was, it was never really one team had control of it. It was back and forth Monday night football. So for me, the best game that the Bengals played in, I'm going to go Jags. I'm going to go with the Texans game. Um, it's a great game and, too. Yeah, the Bengals didn't end up didn't end up winning that game, but it it was just kind of one of those back and forth games where I think both quarterbacks were were dealing. Obviously, CJ Stroud had a huge game against us, just throwing deep ball after deep ball with with perfect precision and timing. Joe Burrow obviously had a, a, a decent game. Now he did have two picks in that game, and one was probably the worst Joe Burrow interception I think I'll ever see in my lifetime. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just thought it was a good game all the way around. Tension was very, tensions were really high during the game, just given how the team, you know, kind of started out flat and then just had to battle their way back. And, um, yeah, so Texans game for me, for sure. That'll wrap up our season awards for the 2023 year. Of course, we're going to be talking more about diving into the offseason as a whole over these next couple of weeks. We've got some good shows planned for the remainder of January. Then we jump into free agency and draft and season preview and schedules and all that. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun. What I wanted to, to switch gears here and dive into was Paul Daner Jr. from The Athletic. Uh, he wrote an interesting article this morning. Um, and if you don't subscribe to The Athletic, I highly recommend it. I very much enjoyed my subscription. Paul does a great job there as well. His podcast, Hear That Podcast Growling, is my go-to Bengals podcast, not named Jungle Juice. Uh, he does a really good job uh, on covering the Bengals, sound bites, and so on. But what he did is he wrote an article, and the headline of said article is, One Thought on All 61 Bengals to Play at Least One Game in 2023. So Mick, what we're going to do is give one thought on all 61 Bengals that played in this. And we're going to have to go through this quick because it's going to be one thought. So only one thought. We're not allowed to dive deeper into it. So this is pretty much just a sentence or maybe two on each one of these players. We're going to have to go through kind of quick on this, okay? Because some of these guys, we're going to be honest. Don't deserve much thought. Uh, Exactly. 
number one, and we're just going to go in alphabetical order because that's how Paul did it. Cal Adamitis. Uh, didn't screw up. Did great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. I, Paul described it the best way is when's the last time you said his name during a game? And I was like, never. And well, that, then that, then he's doing a good job. Cause the only time Brad St. Louis that you mention a <laughs> long snapper's name, they're usually screwing up, but yeah. I agree there. Tyson Anderson. Um, Great preseason game against the Packers. Yeah, I mean, a couple of, what, two pick sixes, right? Or is it two interceptions and a pick two six? interception, I think one pick six. One yeah. pick six. Uh, he's a special teams guy. He's another one of those realms that I'm very disappointed that he got hurt. I was hoping to see more. Cheeto. Um, I'll go first here and say, overall disappointing season from Cheeto. I think the injury had more of an impact than I was hoping it would. Um. I'm going to go on a more hopeful note. Um, I kind of expected this season out of Cheeto just because uh, that's kind of how his tenure in Dallas turned out. And then he came and played for us uh, in 2021 and 2022 and played really well up until tearing his ACL. So that, yeah, that's it. Joe Bocci. Um, Plays on the Bengals. Special teams guy. He doesn't ever get penalties called against him. Great thing. Go Joe Bocci. Marcus Bailey. I think in that saw same him, realm. Saw Special him teams jersey guy. Swap, saw him jersey swap with uh, Reds manager David Bell after the game. Yes. David Bell Cleveland looks game. a little different, though, it, yeah. in that. It, it's, Just a little he, bit. He's, he's changed a little bit. Jordan Battle. Um, I mean, I, I think we pretty much talked about that a little bit ago. Von he's our Bell. rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I think Von he Bell. is. He is somebody that this defense can build around. Yep. Here you go, Mick. Everybody's been waiting for your thoughts on this guy. Travis Bell. Um, Do you know who Travis Bell is? Defensive tackle. There uh, you go. Um, filled DJ's roster spot. Technically accurate. That's all I've got. Nothing else. Do you know where he went to college? No, you don't. Don't even lie. No, no, pull... no, 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 no. Michigan State. You're right on state. Oh. But it's Kennesaw State. Oh. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, you would have you never gotten that. Tyler Boyd. I'll go first here and say that. Step. Lost a step, and the drops almost turned into a problem this season, and, and that hurt me. Yeah. Chase Brown. Um, Excited for the future. Future Samaj P. Ryan. You know, dependable, runs between, between the tackles while uh, honestly probably has a little more explosion than, than Samaj P. Ryan, which isn't a bad thing. Orlando Brown Jr. Um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Was really good in a lot of games, was really bad in a lot of games. I think the one thing, and Paul kind of said this in his article here, that makes me at least feel somewhat decent about him is that he at least is solidifying the left tackle position, which the Bengals have not had a true left tackle in that position. If you want to count Jonah, you can, since Whitworth. Actually, you can count Jonah in there, I think. so. We can. Jake Browning. Um... Backup he might be the biggest surprise. 
yeah, he was yeah. really great. Great, great, uh, great play for you know from Jake Browning for the last seven, eight weeks of the year. Um, and uh, really happy to have him uh, back next year. Yeah, I completely agree. Joe Burrow, for me, it's what if. Um, yeah, that's if what only, if? if only. Yeah, if only, you know, because I mean, he was he went once he got going, he was playing really, really well. He was yeah. starting to get conversation for MVP. Yeah, like they, they were starting to get some of that push to him being potentially named the most valuable player. And then the injury happened. Alex Kappa. Um, he's solid. I mean, solid, he, solid right guard. Uh, really disappointing at times. Jackson Carmen. Um, how about this? Paul Daner just just limp, lumped these three guys together because I think they deserve to be lumped three all three together. Jackson Carmen, Deontay Smith, and Trey Hill collected they, checks. They uh, did technically do that and provided uh, depth. Yes, but I think they provided depth not in the way you want them to provide depth. And I think they you now realize depth on the offensive line is an issue moving forward. I think they helped you realize that. Zach Carter. Uh, believe it or not, because I was looking at PFF grade, uh, remarkably improved from last year. Uh, but last year was so awful that he really couldn't do anything but improve. Uh, uh, primo cut candidate in the 2024 uh, training camp season. Jamar Chase. Underrated. He continues to solidify, he continues to solidify himself as one of the top wide receivers in the NFL. That's Most my underrated receiver in the league. Ooh, and drop that candidate in there, Jalen Davis. For me, uh, I just think of Jalen Davis getting absolutely torched by was it Nelson Aguilar? I think it was in yes. the Ravens game. I think yes. that's what I'm thinking of, and just getting torched. And I hate that that's the reason I'm going to remember him. But I think he'll be an interesting candidate to watch of whether he's not on the team next season because of Dax Hill. Yeah. Because I think that could Dax Hill slide into that slot corner role. I don't know. Do you have any any thoughts on Jalen Davis or kind of that same realm? No, I no. Not the most. Akeem Davis Gaither. Can't stay healthy. Can't, yeah. Injury prone. Chris Evans. Nice Coaches knowing you. Don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I can't believe he's made it this long. <laughs> Would probably be my my statement on Chris Evans. I I, I mean he was inactive said, almost every game. Really? I don't see why not. You have him under contract for another year. He's making nothing. Why not? Cody Ford. Ooh, my wife loves her his <laughs> wife slash girlfriend. Uh, and he seems like a really nice guy. I think it was interesting to me that he played himself into being the first offensive lineman off the bench. You saw him in there when they went to six lineman sets. He was always the one I mean, that they went to. Who else did you think the six lineman would be? Max Sharping. I would I would take Cody Ford over Max Sharping. Um, um, but still, I I found that interesting. Uh, in this next realm, Devin Harper. Ooh, ignorant ignorant sideline hit against. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Was it Arizona? 
I think it was the Arizona game. Yeah. That's the only play I think I'm going to remember Devin Harper making. And I was surprised he was still in the team the next week. Because I probably would have just said, hey, man, uh, thanks for your time. Bye. 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 Trey Hendrickson. I think we already talked about him. Most Uh, underrated edge rusher in the league. Yeah, I think without question, that is accurate. T. Higgins. Um, great at times, uh, cost the team, um, at times. I think a little bit of a disappointing season. Yeah, it didn't end up being too terrible. Um, he had some really good games in there. Um, you know, obviously the Vikings game, Ravens at home. Um, but then he had some really, really bad games too. The Rams game. Rams, Um, yep comes to mind the Seahawks game he didn't do much which he was kind of coming off a rib injury in that game so maybe we give him a little bit of a of a break there but yeah a little disappointing BJ Hill I think for me on BJ Hill what I think we're seeing is is that he needs another three tech to rotate with and I think he'd become a lot more effective when doing that BJ Hill's best year came when he had Larry Ogunjobi their hope was is that Zach Carter would be at least somewhat in that realm that mm-hmm. didn't pay off. Not. They they can't they can't go another offseason expecting a jump from Zach Carter to help mm-hmm. out BJ Hill. But I also think in looking at cut candidates, that's an interesting one as far as when you look at his contract and something, that'll be something we talk about. I was reading into that. It's an interesting one. They do have an out in 2024. Should they want to use it here this year? So that'll be an interesting discussion for us to have in the coming weeks. Uh we don't necessarily need to have that right now. Dax Hill disappointing uh i know i said nick scott was the most disappointing player but dax was up there as well uh and and i think he got progressively worse throughout the season it wasn't even like he started out really bad and started progressing and getting better um i think he started out okay and then just got worse and worse and worse throughout the year uh and uh, that pickens touchdown to start the game the last steelers game uh Unacceptable. That costs the Bengals the playoffs. Yeah. Well, that game I mean, in general. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but I think the way that that started, you let Mason Rudolph and George Pickens get confidence. Yeah. And when they shouldn't have been playing with any of it, especially what George Pickens did the previous game. I think that that, that Dax Hill position is going to be a very interesting one to watch this offseason. Mike Hilton. Really good here. Yeah, really good. Rough to start, court. finished really strong. Yeah, he started. I, I think I heard Diener talk about this where I think he was trying to help out Dax and Nick Scott a little too much earlier on in the season. And then that was costing Mike's productivity. Uh, and then I, I think just the switch flip, switch flipped around the Cardinals Seahawks game where he was like, I, I'm just going to play my game and, and do what I can do best, you know, do what I do best. And I think you just saw a massive turnaround from him and he went back to just playing uh the way that we're accustomed to seeing Mike Hilton play. Sam Hubbard. Injuries I think he played injuries, hurt. Yeah, injuries dictated uh his second half of the season uh pretty much to the point where he was completely ineffective and I don't think he was I don't think it was a great idea for Lou to be trotting him out there as much as he did. Tanner Hudson. I think uh Big surprise. Yeah. Played played really well this season. I think is my one thought on Tanner Hudson. 
Yeah. Andre Yoshivash. The potential there. Yeah. Saw the some flashes. There. Gotta catch the ball. Yeah. He had, had a decent amount of drops towards the end of the ball. season. So yeah, he's gotta he's gotta work on his hands. Because that will cause Joe Burrow to have you sitting on the bench. Yes, it will. We're being honest. Trenton Irwin. He's solid. Dependable. Dependable uh, backup receiver. I hope he's on the team for as long as we can have him. So, you know, he, he's like Taco Bell. It's always there. It, when you're hungry, you need a cheap meal. It's it's going to come through. And uh, I don't know that that's the perfect example, but I was going to use like Applebee's, and I didn't really want to say he's he's I like would, Applebee's. Yeah, Applebee's is pretty bad. Like Nick Scott's Applebee's. Uh, that that's that should be our show next week is find fast or find food restaurants <laughs> to describe each player on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think we should do that. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna need some show. Maybe we'll do that next week. Actually, we're kind of what's Jamar Chase? Is Jamar Chase like Jeff Ruby's? Like, all right, um, that's Burrow. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. I it's There's, Jeff Jeff Ruby has a, has multiple restaurants in the area. It's not just Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse. Yes. There's the, the precinct, precinct yeah. and then there's uh, Carlo and Johnny. Um, yeah, we could we could have some fun with this actually. We might need to make that a show. Uh, DJ Ivy, I I think I I hate for DJ Ivy because he was really starting to play well, and then the injury happened. I think he would have been really heavily incorporated into the defense um, after you know it, it was the Colts game, right? That he uh, got hurt in, and I think they were planning on really starting to incorporate him into the defense. Uh, defensive back rotation so suck to see him go down like he did uh hopefully the injury doesn't real derail him too much shedrick jackson yeah i Ooh. guess frank frank is right here i don't know that i really want to describe him as the seventh food at 7-eleven as jamar chase i guess he gets it for always open but <laughs> the food is a little dangerous you know i don't know how long those tornadoes have been on there they're good but you're going to regret it later. They're I guess delicious. that's kind of like, uh, you know, T.O. It's good, but you're probably going to regret it later. Yeah. Shedrick Jackson, as Paul says here, and I think this is probably the best way to describe it, is you'll never forget the moment that Bengals are playing the Ravens on, on you know, Thursday night football. Joe Burrow gets hurt. Next thing you know, Jake Browning is throwing deep balls to Shedrick Jackson on Thursday night football. And I yeah. think that's to me. I think that was the only game he was up for. Maybe one other one, but mm -hmm. I think that stands out the most. I don't even know that he's a factor moving forward. He's a practice squad receiver. Yeah. Charlie Jones. Flashes in the return game, but I want to see more. Yeah, I, I haven't seen enough to determine that he is Tyler Boyd's replacement. Without question, yeah. Without question there, I can agree there. Sidney Jones, the fourth. Um, honestly, he only... provides a lot of good depth as a practice squad player. So, yeah, probably an That's accurate it. one. I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's really that much more thoughts thoughts to have. No. Ted Karras, really good dude, and I think he is a good center for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving forward here, Kwame Lassiter had one of my favorite moments when Joe Burrow had the pass complete to him in Arizona where his dad played for his first career 
inter, uh, first career reception. I think that was the only game he appeared in, but I think that for both of us is probably the moment that we'll remember. Yep. And the only, yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, yes. Um, thanks for watching, Tracy. I uh, appreciate you locking in and watching with us today. AJ McCarron. Welcome for back. Me, my one thought is the buzz in the stadium when he came into the game in that Colts game. And threw the touchdown Which, pass that got turned turned back. But uh, I haven't heard. It was a different kind of buzz. But it was pretty awesome. I won't lie with that. Because I think everybody was like, here we go again. AJ McCarron in to save the day. Bengals of. fans love nostalgia. They do. They do. Evan McPherson. Dependable kicker. Probably the best kicker we've ever had in franchise history. Yes. And give him a blank check in the offseason. Let him stay. Whatever it'll take. He's now extension eligible. Sign him to that extension. Um He's solid. He's trustworthy. Joe Mixon. I wouldn't mind if he came back next year, especially with the restructure of his contract. You don't know my thought on Joe Mixon? I don't know. Like, I, and I think that that goes as to how the season he had and how I feel about him in the future. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't know. And it'll be a discussion we'll have to have over these next couple of weeks. Stanley Morgan. Um, special teams uh, ace uh, when he's playing. And I still think this wasn't this season, but when they tried to shovel pass it to him on fourth down and goal in Baltimore. Oh, shovel passes. Miles Murphy. Saw some Should flashes late in the season. Yep. Yep, saw some flashes. Uh, I think the best, second best pass edge rusher on the team. Yeah, I I, I think that there's probably uh, no question about that. Joseph Osai. I really don't know what happened to him. Obviously, the the team trusted him more than they trusted Cam Sample, or they trusted Cam Sample more than they trusted him. Um, but yeah, I thought we were going to see a lot more of him this year than than what we did. I did too. And I think he'll be an interesting candidate into next offseason. Hopefully he stays healthy to see if maybe it's just all of these injuries have continued added up for him. Jermaine Pratt. Um, Make an overall kind of disappointing season. Yeah, it was okay. I think it was better than 2020, 2019, 2021 Jermaine Pratt. Not nearly as good as 2023, 2022 Jermaine Pratt. Um. But yeah, I thought he uh, he definitely regressed a little bit, and I wonder how much of that has to do with safety play, though. Yeah, and 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 that's a lot of the questions that I think Lou Anarumo's got to answer, and so on uh, this offseason. DJ Rear, that that injury hurt, that injury yeah. hurt, and Most I don't know how they're going to play on the defense. Yes, I don't know how they're going to replace him. I don't know either. I don't know how they're going to replace him. Brad Robbins, Mick. I see why they drafted him. I think the hang time is really impressive. Uh, and I think it got better throughout the year. But I just don't think he gets enough distance uh, for me to really uh, want to see him. Uh, maybe he gets better with distance. I feel like he probably he's probably topped out on that, though. I agree. I don't think he was as bad as some people say he was. 
but he definitely overall was a little bit disappointing. He the hang time was great, but I agree with you completely. He had a lot of shanks. Mm-hmm. And and that's gonna have to get better. Cam sample. Um, good depth piece on the defensive line. Had some really good uh had some really good uh spots this year. Um is this his last year? No, he's got one more, I do believe. Okay, yeah. Glad to glad to see him back next year. Drew Sample, I think he was one of the big surprises of this season, and I think without question he is a one of the more important free agents for the Bengals to re-sign. Underrated free agent for the Bengals to re-sign. He provides such a niche. Um, he, he has such a niche tight end game that it's really hard to find uh, another Drew Sample in the league and, and do what he does. Uh, Let's speed uh, up here through these last couple. as well. Oh, did you have one more thought there? No, no, I'm good. I was going to say, let's speed up through these last couple as we rip through. Max Sharping Good didn't really play. Yeah. yeah, didn't really play. Uh, he's a free agent. I don't know what to expect with him. I feel like there are a lot of Max Sharpings out there, though. Probably. Nick Scott. Trash. Yeah, disappointing. Very disappointing. He's in, and, the, he's uh, in the can with Terrell Pryor. He's Adam Pac- Pac-Man Jones looking for him, too. Speaking of that, Irv Smith, right there in there with him. Right what I thought he would be. I did not think much of Irv Smith Jr. going into, going into the season. Cam Taylor Britt. I think, like I said, he is continuing and trending in the right direction to become one of the best corners in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't know if I'll put him in the best, one of the best corners in the NFL category, but definitely the best corner on the team. And he's the, trending uh, is what I'm saying. I'm not putting he, him in there yet. He's trending in that I think, direction. I think the potential is there for him to be a, a top-end NFL corner. Jay Tufele. Didn't play enough. He was inactive a lot of the season. Uh, yeah. I was expecting to see a little bit more because I think he actually so- showed some flashes in his he's time. Definitely better Bengals. than Zach Carter. Um, <laughs> Zach Carter just keeps getting slander from you. Josh Tupo. Somehow he keeps sticking around. Yeah, they clearly like something from him. I, I don't understand how this guy still makes the team. I think they're Every just year? like I think they're just looking at NFL players and be like, who's the guy that's just as big as DJ Reader, if not bigger, that we can plug in there if DJ Reader gets hurt? Not really looking to see what the skill is in a player, but uh just looking at the sheer size. DJ Turner. I think you saw some flashes, but I think he looked like a rookie corner a lot of this year. Needs to work on his physicality at the catch point. I think that's where he lost a lot of uh, his matchup and the matchups against wide receivers. Um, I think he definitely has the speed to, ki- to, to keep up, and I think that's probably the most important uh, thing to have naturally. But, yeah, he's got to work with the strength at the catch point for sure. Cordell Volson. I... He... I'm interested in what his future holds. I think they're going to give him take? another. I think they're going to give him another go at it. I think we saw a lot of improvement from Cordell um, throughout the season. Now, the, the, the beginning of the season is inexcusable. It was. Uh, it was bad. Boring. Now, but but in his defense, the beginning of the season, he did go up against some. It's pretty good inside yeah, interior rushes. Aaron Donald, uh, yeah. That, that Aaron, that Aaron Donald tough. guy, he's okay. I mean, he's yeah. okay. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's maybe just the best interior defensive lineman of all time, you know. Mitchell Wilcox. He's uh, there. My wife's maid of honor served him uh, this season at the restaurant she works at. Interesting. That is and it. She, That's all I've got. He knew who point. he was? Yeah, there, there's Bengals fans that work there, so they know that. They, I guess they knew who Mitchell Wilcox was. I don't. I don't think I would have recognized. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't know that I would have known who he was if, honestly, if he walked in. Speaking of people that you've met, Jonah Williams. I Uh, think he is a okay right tackle and an okay tackle, and he's going to get paid in the offseason, though because he is better than most people in the NFL at tackle. He's not elite. He might not even be very good, but he's solid. Yeah, I. I uh, thanks for all you've done, Jonah. you know, filled in at right tackle and gave at least slightly better play than Lyle Collins did last year. So, um, best of luck to you. I don't, I don't think he's coming back though. Travion Williams, really good pass blocker. He is. He's a good pass blocker. Got replaced as the returner. Didn't see much there. Uh, I can see him sticking around as like a third or a fourth running back. I don't think he's your, he doesn't need to be your RB two, but if he's your RB four, you're probably feeling pretty decent. Yeah, I could agree with that. Logan Wilson. Um, a little bit of a disappointing season. Him and Pratt had very similar seasons in terms of career trajectory. It's like, uh, you know, 2020 Logan Wilson was obviously a rookie. He didn't play as well. Um, you know, he played okay, obviously uh, decent in coverage. 2021 was kind of more of the same, but you saw that clear jump in 2022, and then you saw him regress a little bit in 2023. As a whole, those are our thoughts on the 61 Cincinnati Bengals. Make one sentence to describe this year by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think it was a necessary one. Uh, it was a necessary one in terms of the reality check this this team, this coaching staff, uh, this franchise needs. Um, you know, I think we saw a lot of what this coaching staff is made of when they're, you know, they have adversity thrown at them. You know, Diener said this either a week or two ago. Uh, Burrow, Higgins, and Chase had only 153 snaps played together when healthy. So we're not including the first four games of, of Joe Burrow in there. Um, so obviously that's a lot of adversity when it's, you know, arguably your three best offensive players, uh, and they're not on the field all at the same time. And they still managed to go nine and eight, given all that injury adversity and given that they had, uh, arguably the toughest schedule in the NFL this season. I think to me, it goes with a question and it was kind of like, what if, because a yeah. lot happened in the NFL this year that would have looked really good with a healthy Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And what if will be my question when I think about the 2023 probably, Cincinnati Bengals. You're probably not losing both Steelers games, and that is the difference right there. You're probably in the playoffs. You probably beat the actually, Chiefs. Well, actually, I think I saw if they went 10-7, and 7, they wouldn't have made the playoffs this year anyways. But I think you beat the Chiefs. You know, yeah. I, I think they would have won that game. Uh, and I mean, listen, if Burrow's healthy, you know, do do they start one and three? 
Yeah, no. I, I think that there no. there are questions to go along with that as well. So I I, I don't know. And if ifs or fifths, you know what they say. So it'll be the interesting discussion for that. Next week on the show, we are uh, Mick will not be here, so we are going to hope to do a another roundtable discussion of sorts, kind of to preview the off season as a whole, and then later on in the month of January, we're going to dive into the free agents. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, who are the free agents? Who needs to come back? Who doesn't? I know Dennis, you asked the question here of. Do you think the Bengals can make it work and keep T. Higgins for the money he wants? That'll be a discussion that we're going to have in these next couple of weeks because there are a few huge questions for the Bengals this offseason. T. Higgins is one. DJ Reader is one. Uh, Dax Hill is one. I, I think those are kind of three big ones that we'll talk a lot about over these next couple of weeks as we get ready for free agency to open up in early March, which is kind of crazy to think that we're just about uh, less than two months from learning who could be the uh, latest members of the Cincinnati Bengals and who could be playing for different teams next year um, in the NFL. Mick, uh, it's been fun. Any other closing thoughts here as we wrap up here, our first show of the off season? Um, yeah, really excited to, uh, to be going into this, uh, going into this part, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks. We're not going to see the team play in the playoffs, but, I think uh, all of us nerd fans love the off season and love, uh, you know, seeing what the Bengals are going to do to uh, transition into the uh, 2024 season. So, not that anybody cares, Mick, but let's do it really quick. Browns Texans, who wins? Browns. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's do some playoffs. Uh, Browns. Yeah. Dolphins Chiefs. To me, this Dolphins. is the hardest game of the weekend to pick. Dolphins. I'll say Chiefs. I don't know why, but I'm going to pick Chiefs just because I trust Mahomes more than Tua. Steelers, Bills. Bills by Fields. Packers, Cowboys. Cowboys. I agree, Cowboys. If it was in Green Bay, though, I'd probably pick Green Bay. Honestly, if it was anywhere else, I'd probably pick Green Bay. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think that'll be Rams, Lions. Rams. I think this is probably the hardest game to pick. Yeah, ironically enough, the three six are both, I think, the hardest games to pick. Uh, because mm-hmm. I think Dolphins Chiefs is the hardest one to pick in the AFC. Uh, uh I'll go Lions, but again, I I I that one there's there's nothing that would surprise me in that realm at all. Eagles, Bucks. Eagles. <laughs> Probably, yes. But man, have they been awful in these last couple of they, weeks? They have, they have, they have fallen off the wagon. But I think they, I think they rebound against the Bucks. It's a good rebound team to 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 do that against. So those are our picks for the week. We'll uh, we'll touch a little bit on the playoffs every single week. Who's your, who's your Super Bowl pick right now? Let's uh, or you can even see what your Super Bowl is in in Niners in, in the NFC. Probably Baltimore. As much as I don't want to say it, I, but I say the Niners win it all, just because I can't pick. Uh, I can't. I'm going to pick the Ravens to win it all. I'm going to. I think they beat the Cowboys though. There's no shot. Cowboys make it. They're going to. I think. I think Cowboys have a. They're one. They're fairly healthy across the board, and two. They've looked pretty good this year. Uh, I mean. Yeah, they have the dud against San Fran early hey, on in the are, season. Are, are they going to be able to go to San Francisco and win? I think they can. I don't know. I, 
endless nothing nothing would surprise me. I just not the Steelers, not the Chiefs, and preferably not the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Other than that, I, I mean my my best scenario would be Lions Bills in the Super Bowl because then I'd be fine. Yeah. Or Lions Dolphins. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay. Like I don't I don't have any feeling towards either one of those teams. I think that would bore me, but that's that's just me. Bucks, Texans in the Super Bowl. The NFL would be just <laughs> Baker Mayfield, CJ <laughs> Stroud. Yeah, CJ Stroud's a young buddy, a budding star in the league, but yeah, he is. But I just I would love to see the NFL of, or you know, Browns Bucks, Joe Flacco against Baker Mayfield. That would actually be one that would be pretty interesting though, because Baker like Mayfield that. against I, Baker Mayfield against the Browns. I think that would be fun to watch. Rams Texans, you know, some something we need some wild one in there. Yeah, I guess you know Joe Flacco versus Matthew Stafford. We could just get the old men going to the old table men. and, and playing Browns, one of Rams. Uh, I'd be okay with that. I don't know, but I just don't want the Browns to win. I really don't want the Chiefs to win, and I don't want the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Other than that, it's Steelers too. I I cannot have the Steelers winning the Super Bowl. I I just I don't think Sam's rooting for all NFC teams that are not the Texans. Or, or Bills. I have nothing against the Dolphins. Dolphins. Or the Dolphins. Or the Dolphins. Okay. Yes. But pretty much, yeah. Go NFC. Go NFC. I, I could take that. Make sure you follow us on our social media channels. We're on Twitter, Jungle Juice Pod. We are technically on YouTube. We don't do much over there. Uh, we're on our Facebook. You can subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform as well. Let us know who you think is going to win the games, who your Super Bowl pick is as well in the comments below. Uh, Mick, it's been fun. We will, I guess, we won't see you next week, but we'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a couple weeks, guys. Who day?